The No Quarter Given podcast is brought to you by BuckPower.com, Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, Buck fans, welcome in to another 6-7 and seven winning edition No Quarter Given podcast. I'm your happy host, Jason Powers, in Tampa after the Buccaneers go up to Atlanta and win a dramatic 29-25 final in Mercedes-Benz. I'm Jason, Peter Blake. Welcome in, sir. What's going on, buddy? A happy, 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 happy uh, show here. Uh, The No Quarter Given on the BuckPower.com podcast network. I'm happy to say... Uh, because, uh, it, you know, season saver, buddy, yes. they lost Sunday with lights out. Yep. And it, it looked like they were going to lose this game, but you know what? They pull it out. We're going to get to a 29, 25 final. And I'm not sure of this, but I'm, I bet I'm right on this. I bet this is the first ever 29, 25 final in Buccaneer history, I but the place you can go to confirm that. BuckPower.com and our buddy Paul Stewart. But I'm going to guess, I meant to email Paul today and I didn't do it. I bet this is the first 29-25 final in Buccaneer history. Yeah, I think it is too, man. And uh, it was a weird score and uh, just a weird game overall. Just, uh, again, a roller coaster ride if you're a Bucks fan. But I don't know how you can't be positive about this. It's a yep. huge win in Atlanta. You needed to win it. If you don't win it, then basically you're talking about not only not winning the NFC South, but possibly being out of this crazy playoff situation that's uh, you know taking place right now in the NFC. No doubt, no doubt. So the Buccaneers again get to six, six and seven by by tiebreakers. They are in first place as of today in the NFC South. New Orleans and Atlanta both at six and seven as well. But again, a tremendous win for the Buccaneers. Again, depleted on defense. You had no Jamel Dean, no Vita Vea, no Devin White. But give give some of the guys that came in credit. Greg Gaines made a play. Carlton Dean, I mean Carlton Davis made a huge interception, which we'll get into. Zion McCullum showed some flashes of some pass breakups. D. Delaney, Antoine Witt, give the defensive guys credit. They were undermanned a little bit, but they did they did just enough to get out of there with a W. And it says the same thing about the offense. Baker probably had his worst game of the season. But you know what? That last drive, man, he was money, made some big-time throws. And then the running game. What What has happened? This running game was so inconsistent. You know, just a a disappearing act there the first couple weeks. And now it's come alive the the last three games here with uh, Mr. Rashad White. Awesome. Rashad White, you mentioned 25 carries, 102 yards. Chase Edmonds had a nice contribution. I think eight carries for about 40 yards. So they ran over for a bunch for over 150 yards combined with May- Mayfield running for a little bit as well. Chris Godwin got back in the mix a little bit, five for 53. The one harsh part in this game was no catches for, for Mike Evans, correct? No, zero catches for Mike. Yeah, I can't. Eight yards. One okay. catch for eight yards, but he was uh, largely, a, you know, 
And it was either the Atlanta defense, because you didn't think A.J. Terrell was going to play in this game, but he's a talented corner. But we knew that Atlanta was going to bracket coverage with the type of week he had before with getting his 1,000 yards. And also the primary focus was to get the ball to Chris Godwin after Godwin's wife uh, wife's comments. And I'll tell you right now, Godwin had an opportunity here to have more catches, more yards, but he dropped a couple passes here. But once again, on that final drive, a big-time catch to set the Bucks up to win the game. And to your point, Mayfield did not play really well. He missed Evans on a couple of balls that he was open on a couple of different routes. You mentioned Godwin, uh, an early drop in the game. Again, not a great performance by Mayfield, but give him credit. On the last drive, that the great ball he threw to Godwin on the corner route, and then the nice little fade ball he threw to Kate Otten for the, for the game winner there with 31 seconds to go. Um, Bowles, and ba- Bowles might have saved his job, and Baker probably saved him from getting benched because if they lose Sunday in Atlanta, you're probably going to see Kyle Trask the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and I, I still can't get over how the Bucs had – Nine players on a defensive stand on the goal line. I don't know that how that happens. That's happened the last couple of weeks, whether it's coaching, not knowing the personnel, whether it's injuries, younger guys getting in there. But that just can't happen because yeah. it leads to bad things. And again, it's a big game versus the Green Bay Packers and Lambeau. You got to get your P's and Q's, uh, cross your T's at this point, uh, cliche, but you got to do that. You got to come out and, and play good football here because you're coming down to the home stretch. Playoff football, baby. All right, let's go through the game a little bit. First quarter, two long drives by both teams. Uh, Bucks take the opening kickoff and go down the field. Again, Chase McLaughlin, you want to score a touchdown, but give McLaughlin credit. 56-yard field goal right down the pipe. Nice job. Atlanta goes right down the field on their first possession. We hold them inside the five, six-yard line, force them to kick a field goal, 3-3. Then we then Carlton Davis makes them a big play, probably the biggest plays made all year. Give him credit, film study, whatever, formational recognition, jumps in front of that in that wide receiver screen. Great job. I mean, just basically took the ball. That didn't even get to the wide receiver, intercepts that ball on the screen, gets clipped on the way down, or it would have been a pick six. So good call by the refs. He was down at the seven or eight-yard line. What did you think of that uh, great play, by great read by Carlton Davis? I mean, it's about time, and that's the reason yeah. why you pay the guy, you know, top 10 cornerback money because he can make plays like that, and he talked about in the offseason making plays. So finally he's able to do that. And then furthermore, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr., we continue to talk about this kid, how he's ascending to one of the best safeties in the league. You could definitely put him in the conversation of not only being the MVP of this team, but also the defensive player of the year. He does so many things. Gets after the quarterback, sacks the quarterback, coverage, tackling, calls his turnovers. He's just everywhere. He's like a man uh, with his hair on fire. That's how he's playing this year. And we're going to get to Antoine's big, huge play here in just a, a second here. So the Bucks convert that uh, Davis interception, a little read option. Baker keeps it this time and kind of lunges, runs. I won't say he runs over Jesse Bates, but he powers through the tackle, squirms in the end zone, 10-3 Bucks. Atlanta comes back down the field. Uh, looks like a coverage bus. Kyle Pitts basically walks into the end zone on a on a ball down the right sideline. Not sure if it, if it was Carlton Davis with a man zone. Busted coverage. Guy walks in the end zone, 10-10. And then we get to the moment you talk about Antoine Winfield. The Bucks pin the Falcons inside the, the one or two-yard line. Nice job of punting the ball and pinning them in there. Antoine Winfield, first play after the timeout on the corner blitz, safety blitz around the end, strip sack Desmond Ritter. Atlanta's fortunate to fall on the ball just for a safety. The Bucks 
could have fallen on the ball for a touchdown, but safety good Tampa Bay Buccaneers 12-10. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, the Carlton Davis play is great because he jumps it, but then the Antoine Winfield Jr., when I believe he's pinned back because of the punt god there, Jake Cormata, doing punt things, punt god things, <laughs> and that defense, and, and it it's almost reminiscent of the Saints game where Winfield – when the team yep. is in their own territory making a play and changing the outcome of it because it's a huge play. It gets points on the board, and it also you know stills momentum, and it, it gives the momentum to, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Bucs get out of the first half. Young Wei Koo misses two field goals late in that second quarter, hits the upright, and then hooks one at the, at the gun at the end of the first half. So Bucks up 12-10 at the half. Uh, you know, second half, third quarter, kind of a back and forth. You know, not not again – the Bucks were not very efficient on offense. You know, didn't didn't possess the ball. Uh, ran the ball a little bit and effectively, but not again. Just kind of a plotting kind of game. A game, a second half where you could tell both teams really knew each other after playing each other, or basically a game and a half against each other. Um, the Bucks was it? Bucks go up nineteen to ten. Is that correct? I believe nineteen to ten. Correct. Yep. So they go up nineteen to ten on the. Um, go ahead. Yeah, it's a white uh, – it looks like a screen pass. Yes, like yes. A screen pass, and once again, you get white out in the space. There's a block, and he's gone. He's gone to the end, so I think it's like 31, 32 yards there. Third Mr. nine, third and nine, too. That's huge. Huge third down conversion, which, you know, they've, they've had some trouble with sustaining drives, so it's always great to get that big play, that explosive play against that defense, who, once again, you were talking about it. The Bucks were having their struggles. Atlanta was having their struggles. Give credit to where credit is due both of those defenses. But once again, white out in the open. It's a huge play that changes the momentum of the game in the Bucks' favor. So the Bucks go up 19. Again, I don't I can't remember the last time the Bucs had a screen touchdown for that long of yardage. It's yeah. been a long time. The Bucs have not been a great screen team during the Brady era. You know, it's been a long time since there's been a screen pass for go go was that Ronald, long. Was it Ronald Jones against the Chiefs? Was Maybe. that the last time they had, you know, a I guess that was long screen for a touchdown. That's a good call there. Um, that's a good call. So 19 to 10, um, 19 to 17. Bij uh, was that the Bijan Robinson nine on the field? Make it 19 to 17. Yes. So it's 19, 17. Again, inexcusable to have nine on the field. I don't, that, I don't know. That's a coaching. Uh, again, you don't want to burn your timeouts, but again, um, you, you, that's just, that can't happen. The interesting, uh, no catch, which uh, turns into the field goal to make it 22 to 17. The Mike Evans almost, again, to me, Baker Mayfield, it's a split second late on that, high on the throw. If that throws in the middle of his chest, I think Evans gets his feet down, but it's a high throw. He's got to extend, not able to get that second foot down before his hand hits. Um, but again, that's where Baker has just got, that's the part of the game that separates the good guys from the great guys is hitting the guy where he can get his feet down. He looks like he's in motion. He gets out of the pocket there. Of course, he tries to escape, makes a play, and you're exactly right. He's a little bit off on it. It looks like it could be a touchdown, but, of course, they look at the replay there, and they got it right. The refs got it right. Credit to where credit is due. Uh, you look at both feet were down, but the hand was down out of bounds, so, of course, it's incomplete. So, 22-17, and then the Falcons with about six minutes to go in the game, drive down the field. You got Desmond Ritter on a quarterback keeper. JTS has them dead to rights on the on the keeper, and he just got, I mean, out athlete. Did you hate to say it? But he was, 
You, that's a play you have to make, though. You have to make. You had him dead to rights. You can't let him beat you to the corner right there. Desmond Ritter beats Joe Joe Tryon right in front of him, beats him to the corner, gets in the end zone. Falcons go for two to go up 25-22. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing because there's a coverage uh, breakdown with the two-point conversion, but you're exactly right. JTS in the open field, he has to make that play. You have to sack him or you have to not – You have to Force him uh, back inside yeah. at the worst. Yes, at the worst. And I get it. JTS has been you know somewhat good against the run, but when it comes to finishing off sacks, finishing off quarterbacks, that was the big-time problem last year, and it seems like – it's crept up again with this team. Yeah, and so all right, so it's 25-22 with about, you know, we end up punting, they punt, we get the ball back with what about a, about 3 minutes to go or so at about the 35-yard line and give Canales a little credit here. He doesn't panic and throw it every down. They run the ball a couple times, they get to the critical fourth down play, fourth and 2. Season on the line. It's Quarterback awesome. situation on the line. Coaching, I mean, everything's on the line here, fourth and two, and we run the ball on a uh, from the shotgun formation, which surprised me, to be honest with you. They run the ball, and, and give them credit, Rashad White and that offensive line get two yards. Yes, they get, uh, I believe it was fourth and one, and they get four yards. You're thinking of the fourth and two, which is early on in the game. They go for the pitch, and they get stuffed. For that, too, yes. Right. But Carol uh, did not like that call one bit, by the way. No, not at all. I didn't like it either. Of course, uh, we had uh, Paul Stewart on the post game. He said, you know, Mike Evans should have made the block. It was supposed to be made. So it was a good play call. I just didn't like it. I, I don't like a pitch. You don't see yeah. a lot. Of Toss sweep on fourth down. That's a tough, that's a tough one in this league. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough because defenses, uh, they're going to. Too it, quick, man. The guys can all run, man. Too quick on the edges at the end of the day, but. Good fourth down conversion because again, that's your season, and you're thinking, are they going to go for this? Are they going to no? The are they going to run the ball? It's not yeah. that they made it. The right. run, the call, a called running play there, and that's what it was. It wasn't a read option. It was a called running play right behind Hainsey in the left guard. So I mean, give them credit. I, I don't know if I'd have called a run. I don't know if I'd have had the cojones to call a running play there on fourth and two. Well, they did, and Stenny has been the big time yeah. reference, right? Matt Filer at the left guard situation, he was giving you nothing. Pro football focus was telling you he was giving you nothing. Yep. He got hurt, and ever since he's gotten hurt, Aaron Stinney has definitely been an upgrade at that left guard spot. Yes. Maybe you found a left guard for next year. Maybe that's not your problem. Maybe you go in a center because Cody Mock, I don't know if you noticed, but probably he's the most improved player on he's this. Coming. He's coming. He's coming on. You can see why they drafted him in the second round in the first place. It took a little time, but now he's starting to get very comfortable and starting to, you know, do some things that Jason Light likes with drafting a small school guard like him. All right, so we get to now we get now we've converted fourth down. Now we get to the moment of truth, third and ten, with about a minute or minute, you know, whatever it was, minute, minute and twenty-five left in the game. Mayfield throws a corner route, a beautiful corner route to Godwin. Perfect throw. Give him all the credit. Offensive line gives him time to throw. Beautiful throw to get you down to about the, what, 10, 15-yard line? 15-yard line, yep. Uh, 32 yards, I believe, from Chris Goblin, and, and that's a huge catch. And that that's what you're used to because you saw throughout the season and even throughout this game how many drops he had, how many easy drops. But those are the type of catches that will save your season, and that's the reason why you have to get Godwin involved. In the slot, too. He was in the slot, not out wide. Yes, exactly. Keep him in the slot. Figure out that situation where 
you're going to go outside. Who are you going to play outside? Is it Trey Palmer? Is it Devin Tompkins? But you you got to play Godwin in the slot. You got to. So now you're down to the last 30 seconds, and all, and now we got now we got the matchup. You, you know, Baker's got to deliver one more time. Again, two best passes of the game were the last two passes of the game for Mayfield. Give him credit again. He he gets a matchup he likes. Otten on a safety and drops a beautiful little corner, little jump. It wasn't even a jump ball, just a little drop it in the bucket. Otten with his third game-winning touchdown in his Buccaneer career in only his second year. I, again, you had a nice size mismatch there. Give Baker the credit. Nice feathery throw. And Otten comes down with the ball. We've seen eight. We saw Otten early in the year drop a, a sure touchdown earlier in the year, but he brings this one in to take the lead. Absolutely. You, you look back at the Houston game, he could have had an opportunity. Yes. And you also look back at the San Francisco game where he has an opportunity yes. uh, to get back into it. So third time's the charm. We've seen Otten catch big passes before. He did it last year in the Rams game where Brady was playing, and now he does it again with a beautiful throw. Baker under pressure when he's got his back against the wall, and this team has their backs against the wall. That's really when it gets kind of exciting and then also – you kind of start to bite your nails because you believe in him. You believe that he's going to be able to lead this team, but also you could make a mistake there, but he was great on that last drive. Now the question is, have you left too much time? 31 seconds remain. We remember what happened in Houston. <laughs> Atlanta had a couple of timeouts. And yeah. before you knew it, they were at the Buccaneer 30. They, I mean, the Bucs were playing pretty soft, and they gave up two easy completions, a couple short ones when Atlanta had to use their timeout. Now we have the moment of truth. The last play of the game, four or five seconds left from the 30-yard line. You're thinking, uh-oh, here we go again. Houston all over again. And thank God Desmond Ritter doesn't even throw the ball. The Buccaneers have about seven guys attached to the goal line, all playing in front of them. Ritter doesn't even throw the ball in the end zone. They let Drake London basically catch the ball at the four-yard line, and they swarm tackle him at the three. Your thought? I, I was shocked that Ritter didn't even throw the ball in the end zone. Well, and that's the reason why he's not a starting quarterback, in <laughs> my opinion. Uh, although stats-wise, he had a good one. Uh, he had the big interception. But again, you know, that that's comes down to what? It comes down to football IQ, and that's why I don't think he's going to be a starter uh, eventually for this team. They're going to move in a different direction. But Drake London, it scares the hell out of you because he's open. And if you miss that tackle. Yeah, but there were four guys to get him. There was no chance yeah. he was scoring. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, it, it, you look back at the Hail Mary with Buffalo, it's like so many close opportunities. Yeah. Like It's never over with this team. It's never over in the National Football League. you got to love it because it means not for long if you're not on you know, what you need to do. And thank God they were on the, to make that tackle. Thank God. So the Bucks escape, get out of Atlanta, 29-25 final. Get to, again, get to six and seven, sole, not sole possession, but by a tiebreaker in first place in the NFC South. Again, a had to have it game because again, if they lose that game, they're they're, they're two games, two and a half games out of the out of first place. They're not making up two and a half games in the last four. They're still in the wild card hunt. Even if they don't win the division, they still got a chance at the wild card, which is great. And again, a game you had to have. So give Todd Bowles that that staff and those guys credit. They had they. They made the last play of the game they had to make. Yeah, no, I agree. Completely agree. And again, we can talk about, you know, Todd Bowles' coaching style. We could talk about this offense and their struggles. We could talk about this defense giving up big plays. But you know what? Good teams find ways to win. And right now, maybe the record doesn't show up, but I kind of think the Bucs are becoming a good team. Maybe, maybe that's, you know, being a little bit optimistic on my part. But let me just say this. 
when you don't turn over the ball, which Baker did, didn't have his best game, but didn't turn over the ball, yep. you run the ball, and you play good enough defense, and you cause turnovers, guess You're going to be in the game. You're going to be in the game. Not only going to be in the game, but that travels in the postseason. So who's to say you don't go on some type of run? Because you had Green Bay the other night lose to the yep. Danny DeVito, Tommy DeVito, whatever the hell you want to call them, New York Giants, Chicken Cutlet Giants. Who thought that? I mean, honestly, it's a week-by-week league, and it's happening right before our eyes. I mean, the NFC is wide open right now. All right, Buck fans, we're going to go to Paul Stewart, who's going to give you the montage of the Buccaneers Green Bay Packers. You're going to hear some great video and audio from way back in the day, 1985, the famous snow game with Steve Young at quarterback up in Lambeau. Uh, you're going to hear some Brett Favre, Sap, I'm sure, is going to be in the in the mix here, those rivalries back in the NFC Central days with, uh, again, Sap. You remember the famous Monday night game where Sap decleated the offensive lineman that almost caused a massive ruckus. With Mike Sherman as the – I think he hit – was it Kyle Clift? The uh, the left tackle. I'm trying to think of the – trying to remember. The, Kyle Clifton. It Kyle Clifton was the left tackle, and it was a blindside block on an interception return that sap decleated him and injured him, which was, in this day and age would have been a penalty. That would have been an illegal hit this week. But, boy, there was, there's been some uh, testy rivalries with Sapp and Favre and all those guys all the way back in the day. Was that on a Monday night or was yes. that on- – Wow. I, didn't I think know. it was a Monday night game. I'm pretty sure it was, either, it was either Sunday night or Monday night. I think it was a Monday nighter. I think it was a Sunday nighter. Okay. You know, you know how you find out? You go to buckpower.com yes. for all your information, every player, every stat, everything that you need to know so we don't get into the stupid argument on when that game was. I'm pretty sure it okay. was on a Sunday night, but it was a Sunday day. It was a late game. It was a primetime game, baby. Yes. Whatever. It's a primetime game where Sap did what he needed to do, and of course Sherman tries to go after him. That's right. Of course, some years later, the Bucks are looking at trying to hire, you know, Mike Sherman, and you're thinking, what what is Sap thinking about? You know, if the Bucks hired Mike Sherman, that would be a little bit awkward. It's always awkward with Warren Sap in the first place, but even more so if they would have hired him. But of course, they didn't. So there you go. All right, let's go to Paul Stewart. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Enjoy the montage. Buccaneers, Green Bay Packers. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Okay. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a a single-family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market. Whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. 
Powers 10 is the code. Use Powers 10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more. Or you can use the code POWERS20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, whatever it is, TicketSmarter.com and the Ticket Smarter app is the place to go. The all-time record in the Battle of the Base is 22-33-1 because the only tie in Tampa Bay's franchise history came in the 1980 game against Green Bay. Now, of course, for 25 years, the two teams were division rivals in the NFC Central Division, and there were many memorable games in that time period. The 1981 home game finished 37-3 Buccaneers, the then biggest win in franchise history, and it still remains the sixth largest the franchise has ever had. Cedric Brown had an interception return score and the final TD came from backup quarterback Chuck Fusina. He went on to win two USFL championships with the Philadelphia and then Baltimore Stars. The 1983 road game in Lambeau Field saw the Packers leading 49-7 at half-time. They managed to score on the ground with passing touchdowns, punt return score, a fumble return and an interception return touchdown. And in fact, the Bucks' only score came on a few green pick six. Thankfully, the Bucs did play better in the second half. In 1984, James Wilder set an NFL record with 43 carries in the overtime victory at Tampa Stadium. But then, of course, we come to the 1985 road game in Lambeau Field, the legendary Snow Bowl. There were over 40,000 no-shows as people in Green Bay were told not to travel. There was a foot of snow on the ground to kick off, another four inches fell during the game, and the Bucks were in white. Snow is coming down even harder. Weather report is two feet of snow will fall today. Garcia, low punt, line drive, and it's taken by Mark Murphy. 1992 was the amazing Vin Credible game, as Vinny Testaverde was 22 of 25 for 363 yards and two touchdowns, including this one to Mark Carrier. Watch the blitz. Testaverde, touchdown! Mark Carrier, the man who did not have a reception last week. Now, Howard Cassell's final game on Monday Night Football was a Bucks-Packers game in 1983, one I remember listening to on Armed Forces Radio from here in England. It would not be another 15 years until the Monday Night team returned for a game in Tampa. December 1998, the Packers were the opponents, and Trent Dilfer connected on a pair of slant touchdowns, leading the Bucks to victory. Third down and three from the 38-yard line as Dilfer throws. That's caught over the middle by Burt Emanuel. Inside the 30, the 20, the 10, another touchdown, Tampa. Another long touchdown. The Bucks' first throwback game was in November 2009 against the Packers. Leroy Selman became the inaugural member of the Ring of Honor and it was Josh Freeman's first start in the NFL, one I was able to watch from the pirate ship. Freeman found Derek Ward for his first touchdown pass in the league, and Tanner Jackson sealed it with a pick six of Aaron Rodgers late in the game. Freeman outside of Derek Ward, diving for the pylon, he's in, touchdown! Rodgers. Nobody coming open. 
And that pass tipped and intercepted. Being brought back by Tenard Jackson. Heading for the end zone. Touchdown! Now the Bucks and Packers have met twice in the playoffs. The first one came in 1997 on the, oh I hate this cliche, the frozen tundra. In fact, it's a worse cliche than head them off at the pass. The Bucks lost the game 21-7 despite having multiple chances to score early in the game. And Mike Allstott only found the end zone in the second half. Dilfer came over and told him what the play was. Allstott. Touchdown. Well, he made that look easy, didn't he? Did he ever? But the 2020 NFC Championship game will always be remembered by Buccaneer fans as it took the Bucs to their second Super Bowl. Tom Brady was awesome in the first half, including this legendary touchdown pass to Scotty Miller. He was pretty awful in the second half, but thankfully so was Packers coach Matt LaFleur and the Bucs were on their way to have the chance to win their second Vince Lombardi trophy. Brady goes for the deep shot. He's got a touchdown! Scotty Miller! Oh my gosh! Now when the NFL schedule comes out, all Buccaneer fans have looked to see if they've got any cold weather games near the end of the season. And it doesn't get any harder than the December games at Lambeau Field. This will be the fifth time the Bucs have been there in that month and they're 0-4 so far. And spare a thought, of course, for TJ Reeves will be the one bundled up in about 15 layers on the sideline. But when he's warmed up and gets back to Tampa, he'll be able to read all about this game on BuckPower.com. Every player, every game, everything Bucks. All right, Buck fans, welcome back. No Quarter Given Podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter. Hopefully you enjoyed the montage. Remember, you can go to Buck Power TV on YouTube to see the video version of the montage as well. Um, again, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. No Quarter Given. Tell all your Buck fans about our podcast. We'll be here every week through the regular season and hopefully the playoffs as well. Playoffs! Uh, playoffs? playoffs. We, if we win the division, we'll be hosting a playoff game against either Dallas or Philly. So, again, there's plenty of opportunity in the NFC to make a run here, whether it's as a division winner or potentially as a six or seven seed. So lots to play for in these last four games. We go to Lambeau, then we're home to Jacksonville, home to New Orleans, and then you got Carolina to end the season. So plenty of opportunity here, winnable games. Looking at the weather forecast, it doesn't look like it's going to be terrible in Green Bay this week, probably mid-30s, but no snow, precipitation. And you got a Green Bay team who just come off of a Monday, a short week Monday night loss in New York against the your boy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets, or whatever the hell we're calling them these days, <laughs> with his mafia agent French kissing each other up in the stands, all the family giving each other kisses up in the stands. And uh boy, well, the it, NFL is something else. I tell you, I love it. You got yeah. Love it. Yeah, one of these days, me and you need to go to Lambeau. I've actually got relatives that live not too far from Green Bay, so one of these days, I need to. Uh, we need to make a trek to to Lambeau. Road trip. I've never been there. I mean, and that's like the mecca. Like you've got to go there once in your life if you're a football fan. I mean, there's so much steep history there yep. and tradition. You got to go. No doubt. No doubt. All right, let's look at the game. Both teams come in six and seven. The reason why this game is so vital is, one, it's a tiebreaker. If we end up tied in the standings, the winner of this game is going to have the tiebreaker advantage for potentially the seventh seed or the sixth seed. So critical. And remember, Buck fans, 
we've already beaten Minnesota. So we if if we'll have the head-to-head with Minnesota and Green Bay in the event there's a tiebreaker situation, if we don't win the division, we still have the opportunity here in the wild card situation with tiebreakers, and that could become ma- massive key. Vita Vea, we don't know his status, whether he's back or not. I heard, I saw today that Jamel Dean was back at practice. I don't know if that's a limited basis full time, but if you can get Jamel Dean and Davis back with the contributions you're getting from some of the other guys, if you can get Vea back, we've not heard yet what Devin White situation is. You have an update on Devin? What do you think? Yeah, he's doing what he's done all year long. Nothing. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm just ready to play KJ Britt. Like I, KJ Britt for me, and whether Devin's been hurt, Devin may have been hurt all year long, and that's the reason why it's not there. I don't know. It's effort. It's contract. Whatever it is, I'm ready to go with the younger guys. And KJ Britt played his ass off the other day versus the Atlanta Falcons. So can he continue that? Todd Bowles has confidence in him. He didn't start Savasi Dennis. He started him instead over. And then he went with Levante David being back. As long as you have Levante David, I think you're okay. So I, I don't anticipate Devin White coming back. And looking at the offense, I think you saw if you watched the game Monday nights, the Giants had some success running the ball with Saquon Barkley. So I would anticipate the run effort will be there for the Buccaneers to try to establish Rashad White, continue that going. But again, I think you got to get the passing game going. You can't wait till the running game is non-existent to throw. To me, you almost have to throw the ball a little bit early to open up the running lanes because you got to get Mike Evans and Godwin involved early in this game. Jair Alexander hasn't played in quite a while. The Green Bay defense is a little vulnerable on the on the secondary. You got to make some hay there because you're not pro- – and again, continue the running game. I get it. You want to stay balanced, but you can't wait till it's third and seven every, every possession to start throwing the ball. Throw the ball to open up the run a little bit for, for my liking – and to get Baker Mayfield a little bit better rhythm offensively because he did not play well Sunday in Atlanta. It's going to be cold. You know, get the receivers involved in the game a little bit early. I think you got to run the ball because this is a Packer team that just gave up 209 yards of rushing to the Giants on Monday Night Football. They're 31st in stopping the run. This Bucks team right now seems like they have lots of confidence with either White or Edmonds. You run the ball, and the reason why you run the ball on first down, do it, don't do it every first down, but if you're getting – That's the key. Balance it on first down a little bit. Right, four to five yards a carry, and it's so funny because my mom is sitting there. She's like my lucky charm watching the Bucks game. We figured it out. We've unlocked it. When she's here watching the Bucks game, they win. When she's not, they lose. And I'm trying to explain to her, and she's like, why did they run every first down? And I said, well, because they're having success right now. They're running for four or five yards, so it makes – that's second down, you know, second and six or second and four, you can open up the playbook. You can either run or pass. The defense is off balance at that point with the offense being or keeping with the balance. And then the third down is more manageable. That's the reason why you do it, trying to explain that. So you're exactly right. But I think you've got to focus on running the ball. The Packers may try to stop it. I have confidence that this offensive team can do this. I have a, a confidence that this team can run for another 100 yards. And if they can do that, Take the pressure off of Baker, and like you said, pass play action. Take your play. shot. Take your shots. Take your shots. I like the Bucks in this game. Bucks, you're, Bucks are getting about three and a half points on the point spread as of the, as of the broadcast. We're doing this late Wednesday night. Again, we think the weather's going to be somewhere in the 30s. Not not terrible. Again, I'm sure there'll be some guys on that Buck team that aren't used to that. But again, they'll get used to it as they get out there. Defensively, if you're the Buccaneers. I think you're going to see Green Bay come out throwing the ball. They got wide receivers. They're going to go after the secondary. If Jamel Dean doesn't play, you've seen every team in the last three, four weeks go after Zion McCollum. 
They're going to go after McCollum. They're going to try to expose that that secondary. You got Dobbs. You got we don't know Christian Christian Watson may not play with the hamstring, but you've got uh, Reed. That's Jaden Reed. That's played pretty well. You've got the other kid Heath who caught the touchdown. Wicks. They're going to throw the ball, but Jordan Love's going to throw some inaccurate balls. Can the Bucks catch them? That's the key. Can you catch the balls that he throws to you? Because he's going to throw you one or two balls. You got to catch them. You're exactly right. And you go back to the Tampa Tornado and Christian Watson. If he does play in this game, I'm looking for the matchup of Carlton Davis versus Watson. I think that's what you have to focus on because he could definitely blow the top off of a defense. So that's the one thing that I'm concerned about. You're exactly right. And going back to McCollum, I mean, I thought he played well. I thought he played better games. He was good with pass breakups. He didn't try to do too much. I thought the pass interference call was complete BS. I don't know what the refs were looking at on that. I've seen worse. Uh, That was disappointing. Besides that, I thought he played pretty well. So if Jamel Dean doesn't play in this game, you know what? He's been a player once again who hasn't played up to his level. So I don't mind going with the young kid if he's playing well. And right now, McCombs playing well. Like I said, I think you're going to see a passing game out of the the Packers. I think the running game, we don't know what Aaron Jones' status is. Dylan's been okay, but he's not going to to kill you, you don't think. Uh, But Jones is a good player if he plays out of the backfield. But again... I think this is going to be a game Jordan Love. They're going to lean on Jordan Love to throw the ball with, with the with the weakened butt. Again, Winfield, the playmaker in the back in the back end here. Blitzes, whether it's blitzes, he almost had another interception the other day in Atlanta. So again, if the Bucs can catch the ball, the one thing Carlton Davis did last week when he had the opportunity, he caught the ball. He made the play. When you have you gotta catch the ball if he throws them to you. Agree, and uh, another big key to the game, he didn't turn over the ball. The Bucks are 3-1 and one when they have no turnovers. When they have two turnovers, they're 0-4. So take care of the ball. It's very elementary, my friend. you got to take care of the ball. If you could do that, you have a chance to win this game, a close one, but still win this game. And you got special teams again. We'll see if your punt god can punt in the cold weather. We'll see how that goes. And give to me Chase McLaughlin. He won't make the Pro Bowl because what Brandon Aubrey's doing, but he's had a tremendous year for the Buccaneers. Would not be shocked if they get a, an extension done with him before the end of the year so he doesn't go into free agency because he's been a tremendous addition for the Buccaneers this year. Yeah, I mean, can we say that Jason Light knew what the heck he was doing with all the fan outcry of getting rid of Ryan Suckup, but Suckup couldn't kick from 50 yards. Chase yep. can longer than that. I mean, the guy has been money all year around, and he continues to be money. The 1 o'clock game, Buck fans, remember 1 o'clock. I believe it's a Fox game. I'm pretty sure it's a Fox game, 1 o'clock. All right, Peter Blake, give me a prediction. What do you who do you like? It, uh, I'm gonna go 2017 Tampa Bay. Low scoring game, little defense, little cold weather. I'm gonna go 21-16. Give me a, I think the Bucks are gonna hold the Green Bay to some field goals. Kind of a I don't know if they get a safety, maybe. 21-16 final in a critical game again for the Buccaneers. If you win this game, you're in a great spot with three to go. Um it's funny you should say 21 and 16 because I remember, and you go to buckpower.com to get this information. I'm, this is off the top of my head. When the Bucks were 4 0 and they were trying to be 5 0 at that point, or were they 5 0 and they went to Green Bay? They lost to the Packers 21 to 16. That was with Brett Favre in 1997. Tony D, Tony Dungy. The, yep, that year they got off to that great start. They lose in Green Bay 21 to 16. I believe you're right on that. And five and zero at the time, right? Five. I think I think that's right. I think they got out to a five and zero start. That was the first loss uh, of the year. So both of us like the Bucks again. Cold weather could be a factor. I, I worry about that a little bit with some of the younger guys, especially that maybe aren't used to that weather. Um, 
But again, it's got they bowls survived last week. We give them credit. You got to keep doing it. You're still even if you lose the game, you're still in it. But if you win this game, there's so many more more avenues to get to the playoffs other than just having to win that division. So um, let's go, let's go play some good, play more solid ball, throw the ball down the field. Let's get Evans involved a little bit and defensively. Just don't let Jordan Love kill you with the deep ball because I think he'll throw you a couple balls and you got to catch him when he throws them to you. Absolutely. Completely agree. Go, Bob. All right, but Peter Blake, quick, tell everybody where they can find all your great work. Post-game, you're going to be post-game? Post-game on the sports web. Not sure where I'm going to be. I may be here, but Mom will definitely be watching the evolution of sports talk. Television call, text in. Jason Powers, more than invited to come in. Paul Stewart uh, from across the pond has come in there, talked to all kinds of Bucks fans, calling up. It's, it's, it's a zoo in there with the Bucks win or lose. All right, Powers on Sports Podcast. Catch it. Appreciate you finding us. Let's go, Bucks. Let's get to 7-7. Seven and seven. Take control of this NFC South, and we'll see you next week on the No Quarter Given Podcast. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to BuckPower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.